Hello and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and we're looking at Minute 25, which begins with Dallas looking around in an unidentified space and ends with a shot of the planet on the horizon. And uh, once again, for the last day of the week, we have Tom Taylor in as a guest from the Indiana Jones Minute Podcast. Thanks for coming back for your last day, Tom. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to be here. All right. Well, uh, we were going to give you some time here. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Indiana Jones Minute and you know where it came from and what you plan to do with it? Well, it's a brand new original idea that I had and copyrighted where you watch a movie one minute at a time <laughs> and you do a daily podcast about it. Uh, no, like you guys, uh, my friends and I were uh, big fans, or still are big fans of the Star Wars Minute, who, as far as anybody can tell, invented this cockamamie thing of watching a movie one minute at a time. And, uh, you know, we were like, as a joke one day to my friend Pete, I said, hey, let's do the Indiana Jones Minute podcast. He's like, all right. And he, and he bought the domain name and went bananas. And uh, suddenly we were up and running. And uh, it's been a blast. We're... Um, we're working through Raiders of the Lost Ark first, and we plan to do um, the rest of the movies after we decide uh, which movies are legitimate or not. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and the reaction's been really great so far. People are into it. A lot of Star Wars Minute people have joined us, and uh, I'm sure you guys will see that too. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of fun, and uh, anybody who's interested in Indiana Jones should come join us. Don't stop listening to Alien Minute. Because these guys are awesome, too. There's room for all of us. But uh, spend some time with the Indiana Jones Minute, too. Mitch and I have both been listening to the show, and I'm we're enjoying it a great deal. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, great. Do we want to just get into the minute, then? Yeah. Let's just sure. jump in a minute 25. So this first shot is a handheld close shot on Dallas, followed by the other members of the trio, the away party if you will um <laughs> with steam venting out of their out of their helmets and out of the planet the planet seems to be just belching gas all around them which again i can't see a goddamn thing but it's pretty <laughs> pretty distressing as far as i'm concerned they've they've definitely established very well the harsh conditions of the planet at this point um we know we're feeling it too i i it's a sensory experience to watch this movie from time. It really is. And you got to imagine this set, you know, if you look at the behind the scenes footage, it's, it's amazing how real the set seems on film compared to what they were shooting. And so it's a testament to the cinematography for sure. Uh, how well these, these shots come off. I think these shots also reinforce the fact that this movie doesn't really want to be liked doesn't really care if you like it or not <laughs> and it's kind of punishing you through this environment so that when you get inside which we'll get to in the next minute it's an odd sense of relief and then of course you're kind of out of the frying pan and into the fire yeah getting to what you're saying they're just like this you know they they discover a alien spaceship in the scene and like we were saying before, if you're raised on Star Trek, you're like, oh, this is the part where they get out the tricorders and they go, they get so excited. They're like, oh my gosh, we found something. But the whole sense here, there's like zero sense of exploration or discovery or anything. It's just like, oh no, what is this thing? <laughs> now what do we have to deal with? What, what have we gotten ourselves into? I'm, I just, I'm a trucker. I just want to get home with my stuff. Like now I got to deal with this bizarre, insane thing. 
Well, it's it's funny. Up to here, they've been in motion. From the time they've gotten out of the ship, they've been moving forward, forward momentum the entire time. And we get a nice three-shot here of them in profile in this oh shit moment. Like, they, they've now stopped short, and they're gawking, and they're like, oh shit, what is that? <laughs> this is a whole, this is, a big change actually happens here. I think in a small bit of, um, of you know, changing the momentum of the scene, they've told us, this is a big change. This isn't like casual. They're not walking and saying, hey, I think I see something up there. Look at that thing. They stop, take a moment, and go, oh, shit. And yeah. immediately call to Ash, like, are you seeing this? It's it's a classic, like, out of their element kind of response. Yeah. But there's and, no sense of fun about it. There's no, <laughs> you know, like you were saying, like, the movie doesn't care if you like it or not. It's like, this is a bunch of stuff that's happening to these people, and it's probably bad. And uh, you're not going to get like a, a, a choral upswell of music or something at this wondrous craft that they've discovered. It's just like, ah, Jesus. Oh, no. Yeah. And to further torment the audience, they say, do you see this? Then they cut to Ash. So we still don't see <laughs> this. And then when we finally see it, it's that shitty video again. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it it's, makes us want more, you know? So definitely the shitty video though sells the ship yeah all the way if you tried to give me the beautiful clean hd version of this it would be like star trek it'd look like garbage and yeah and no matter how realistic and beautiful it is it still looked like star trek so going to that is it's dynamite it's it's a new way of showing us something which they're all striving to do throughout the entire movie and that ship's it's fucking scary it's it scary looking. Um, it's it's Giger all over, <laughs> and yeah. even without without bones or teeth or any of the other elements, it still feels like oh, icky Giger, cool, scary image. So, and when we it's finally like, get that wide reveal, the pretty shot, you're just struck by how big the thing yeah. is because they're just these three tiny little dots of light, you yeah. know, in the foreground. Yeah, and it's it's like discovering a weird insect on the ground and you just literally don't know what you're looking at. You can't get your head around like, is that a head or is that a leg or what is, what is this thing? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting shape and like looking at it, I don't, Mitch, when you saw it the first time when you saw it on the day it opened, did you go, Hey, it's a spaceship? No. Yeah. No, it's like, is it, it's kind of like the same feeling you have when you see the space jockey, which we'll get to, which is Mm -hmm. where does, where does the landscape start and where does this thing begin? And are you saying that thing flies? Like how exactly? <laughs> does that, Is that thing the go front? to the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> does it go to the bathroom? <laughs> what is this? It does not look like a living being for sure. But, uh, but to get back to the ship. Yeah. I mean, I knew about this ship from, I think Mitch, I might've, when we talked about the fact that I saw aliens before alien, I'm trying to remember if there's a chance I saw the Aliens director's cut before I saw Alien. I think I might have seen mm, that version. The family Newt's family go out and look at this thing right before I ever saw the movie Alien. So, Tom, do you, I don't know if you're aware of that. That I'm a Aliens first person when it comes. That's to very interesting. I'm I'm yeah. always fascinated by um, you know because I, I yeah I was a, of an age where I kind of got all these you know this first generation sort of of blockbusters and and awesome science fiction and stuff. I kind of got it chronologically so yeah it always blows me away like you hear people on star wars minute saying like oh i you know 
yeah, or Jedi was my first Star Wars movie, or, you know, Attack of the Clones is my first Star Wars movie, and you can't get your head around that at all. But, uh, no, that's always that's always fascinating how, how, you know, I mean, you still clearly have a, a deep love and respect for Alien, even though it was, quote-unquote, spoiled for you by, by a sequel. Tom, when you saw this the first time, I know you said you can't exactly remember when, but do you remember whether you came in the science fiction door or the horror door to see this thing? Oh, it was probably definitely the science fiction door. Um, in fact, it probably <laughs> it was probably like after I saw it that I was like somebody may have referred to it as a horror movie, and I said, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> if you think about it, it's like a space horror movie. That's awesome." I think it was um, the same. One. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely more uh, you know Star Trek, Star Wars, um, you know Tron, all of it, you know Blade Runner. So I was I was probably definitely coming in at it from uh, from that side. Did you like horror films or was that, did you have a preference one way or the other? I definitely preferred science fiction. I didn't, uh, I still don't really seek out horror that much, but when it's good and uh, I'm confronted with it, it's, uh, it's awesome. It can be great. You know, like The Thing, this, um, you know, there's some movie, <laughs> I still have not seen, somebody mentioned uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've avoided that movie successfully for 45 years. <laughs> Um, I know it will deeply, deeply disturb me. So I, <laughs> I have not, I have not ventured yet. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think yeah. though it's interesting because the one of the hallmarks for me anyway of a great horror movie is the fact that the characters in the movie don't know they're in a horror movie. You know, yeah, they're they're in a reality that that we that we believe, and it's the case with this film. I mean, it just it. I'm sure that if you went in the science fiction door, it probably got slapped a little harder even. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I probably knew, I'm, I'm sure I knew about chest bursting and face huggers and stuff. I think a lot of that had been, uh, you know, pre-spoiled for me by the time I got to it, but it was still uh, hugely effective. Tom, did you see the, the chest burster and space balls before you saw Alien? No, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the I've only ones Alien in that unfortunate position. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we go back into the blister that they ask Ash, um, if he also sees the ship, we go back into the blister with Ash. Um, what do we make of his response to this? I mean, there's not much he can do. And he's already losing uh, the feet a little already, isn't he? Or is that the next minute? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's in this minute. He just oh. he just says that he can see. I can see it, and I've never seen anything like it before. Right. So he has a sense of awe, which is interesting, a very human-like response as well. Mm -hmm. um, I guess it could be attributed to just scientific fascination, but what do we make about what this says about him and, and what we know to be true of him in the, in the future? It's a, it's a little bit like watching 2001 for the second time and you're trying to figure out when Hal snaps or, you know, or if that's what happens. Like if, if you know later on that ashes i mean does he only does he just go on the fritz and and would have done that no matter what or is he is his fritzing out uh influenced by what they find and what it means to the company and what his secret orders are and things like that so yeah like seeing this is this like the seeds of him eventually going berserk or is it or like you say is it just you know sort of scientific awe well yeah i I wonder how much he knew before. Um, the company's pretty in the dark about what this is all about, right? But they know it's something they want. Mm -hmm. Is that what we're supposed to deduce from 
the company's plan and what they've programmed and then put Ash on the ship for. Mitch, what do you think? Well, I think they don't know what it is, and I don't think they have any plan until he starts reporting back. We have to assume he's secretly reporting back throughout the course of the adventure, and we don't see that, but when he says, you know, something about the weapons division or or somebody says something like that. I think that's in Aliens. No, I... Is it in this? I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll get there. Um, (laughs) But you got to expect that he's reporting back and that he starts saying, hey, it's got acid for blood and, you know, can't kill it. Well, we're jumping the gun, but we know he was put on the ship at the last minute. Like, isn't this the purpose of him being on the ship? It could be, but it could also be a new standard procedure that the corporation has decided to impose upon all missions. I guess my cynicism wants to say that this was the plan all along. Like, Ash was on this ship, to, and they were coursed into that area in order to receive this message that they had already had and to send these guys down to do this. That's just mine. But that's that's for later minutes anyway. But Tom, what do you what do you make of that theory? Yeah, it's interesting because I know in aliens they make it sound like people on Earth or at least scientists or military are aware that there are other life forms out there. But I forget that I forget if an alien we get that sense or not. But there is like sort of the sense that, you know, they've got a face hugger on board and stuff. There's kind of the sense that they're not stunned that this this is not the first extraterrestrial life they've come across. Not these people, but, you know, humans. Like It seems like it might be par for the course that you might come across some other life in the universe. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Ash could have been put on board as like, yeah, this is the new. Whenever we have anything going out there, we will have someone on board who can facilitate bringing back whatever extra stuff they might find, any extra life form, anything that might be useful to us as the company or as the military. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And again, it's also awesome that we can have the debate about it and wonder about it. It's not strictly, I think there's a line at some point like the goddamn company, but there's not a lot of like corporate greed is bringing us down. You know, it's, 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 it's subtle and it's there, uh, but without uh, hitting you over the head with it and spelling it all out. Yeah, everything we're talking about here is on the nose, hitting you over the head in aliens. Like we know, <laughs> right. we know they know about aliens because they've had sex with aliens. They they talk about <laughs> having sex with other, aliens. so we know they know about that. And the company, you know, it's it's a way more cynical, but directly cynical movie. But this, it's better to have the mystery. Like oh, yeah. we don't we don't know like what is behind all this, and I don't know if we ever exactly know. Um, it's a film that embraces mystery all the way to the very, very end. Even the last confrontation, there are still elements of mystery, and it's what makes the movie so great. Yeah. There's a lot of talk lately about mystery, just in in just in films and TV and everything. You know, J.J. Abrams' mystery box theory and stuff. And you know, the problem with that though is that uh, that Alien understands that other people don't. Not that Alien is a person, but you know what I'm saying. That uh, mystery is awesome but you don't have to solve every mystery like leaving mystery unsolved can be much, much, much more satisfying. Even if it's like, you know, tantalizing and annoying that you don't have all the answers. It's a lot more satisfying than having just a crummy, unsatisfying answer. Yeah. No, the box is what we're there for. This mystery box that JJ Abrams talked about. That's what we're there for. That's why you watch seven seasons of lost is for the mystery box, not 
the resolution of the mystery is <laughs> basically always going to be disappointing. I think, in the, right. when you build it, especially when you build it up to the level of that. But here yeah. they totally embrace it in a natural way. It's not. A, I don't think they sat down and went, "We got to really create a mystery box here for these folks." Like, what's really going on here? I think that's just how the story unraveled. Yeah. But, to bring Feels. it back to Star Trek for one more second, <laughs> in the Please. commentary track for Star Trek II, uh, Nicholas Myers uh, talking during the scene of uh, the reveal of Khan, the first time you see him, and he says, you know, people always ask me, like, why does Khan leave that one glove on? And my answer is, I don't know. I just asked Ricardo Montalban to leave his one glove on before we did that shot, just because I thought, you know, it'd be a little interesting. And I have no idea why he leaves that glove on. And I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to know. He's got a glove on. There's one glove that he doesn't take off. And I love that. I think that's fantastic. I have two I words that kind for of you. Is, hmm. Michael Jackson. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much. You you managed to, I think in the last episode, you said the word Star Trek, and you just did it again, and we're keeping it going. I think every episode so far, we've mentioned <laughs> Star Trek in one way or another. You so got people on again. a spaceship. Thanks for being on my Team Star Trek with me. <laughs> oh, certainly. There are a lot of us out there. <laughs> All right, what else we got? That's it for me. Tom, for me. what about you? I think, I think that's it for me, too. All right. Well, that's going to do it for minute number 25. It's going to do it for our week with Tom Taylor from the Indiana Jones Minute. You can find us at alienminute.com or follow us on Twitter at alienminutepod. And uh, make sure also to listen to the Star Wars Minute, the mothership podcast of our podcast. And Tom, one more time, tell us where we can find you. You can find me at the Indiana Jones Minute at uh, indianajonesminute.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play. And please uh, interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on again, Tom. All right. That's going to do it for Minute 25. We'll see you next week for Minute 26.